What's going on, fam? It's your man Kmart. Welcome you back to another episode of the 310 Podcast. Yes, I have been away for a very long time, and I apologize for it. Um, hey, just trying to get accustomed to having uh, a new, um, another little one in the house. So that has definitely took up a lot of my time. And I kept saying, you know what? I need to get back in the lab. I need to get back in the lab and 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 get, give y'all a little something, something. But I'm here, I'm back, I plan on um, being a little bit more consistently, so I do apologize for my absence, just trying to take care of home, I'm a home front, and just FYI, everything is great on the home front, uh, had, a, had a daughter back in August, she's doing wonderful, um, trying to get my son accustomed to being a big brother, so that's definitely taking up some of my time, so my wife is doing well, so hey, thank you guys for those who know, and those who actually know about, like, my family and and our dynamics, Uh, thank you guys for all your support, so which brings me back to my show, the 310 Podcast, yes, I'm here, I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking forward to be a little bit more consistent with uh, recordings, and so right now, I'm definitely, um, going to be talking about some things um, I definitely want to talk about what's going on in the NFL last week um, in terms of such as OBJ, Aaron Rodgers, Henry Ruggs. Um, also uh, recapping some of the games that took place last week, what I thought about some of the outcomes and kind of like where we're heading for, with this NFL season and kind of how we're looking as well as uh, definitely we'll be dipping into the NBA for a brief moment. I do want to talk about uh, once again, uh, just like my last episode, I talked about Scotty Pippen. I'll just, I'll definitely will um, be bringing that back up again as his new book drops to um, drops today. And so with that being said, Hey, sit back, relax, and let's get to it. All right, everybody, let's get at it. Let's get at it. So uh, we're going to be starting in the, in the National Football League when we're going to first we're gonna talk about OBJ and what's kind of going on with him. Um, as many of you um, as many of you know that he was recently released by the Cleveland Browns. Um, overall, this marriage between him and Baker Mayfield just was not working out at all. Um, you can definitely clearly see it on the field. And I was actually one of the ones that one when, when he got traded to the Giants to Cleveland, I'm thinking like, okay, this will be a little bit better. Because I mean, for one, I mean he has a young quarterback with an arm. At that time, Daniel Jones, I'm sorry, uh Eli wasn't wasn't about anything at that at that particular time. Just the Giants as an as an organization was pretty much going down the toilet. Um he had the incident, um leading into the playoff game against Green Bay where him and some of his teammates went down to South Beach um, right before the playoffs started. And therefore, uh, and he comes back, he they have a terrible game, and they lose in Green Bay. So, I mean, overall, I mean, yeah, um, honestly, I just think thought that, hey, a new scenery would be great for OBJ. He's going with a young team, a young quarterback. And I'm thinking, all right, sky's the limit. He gets his best, his, uh, his best friend, uh, Jarvis Landry, um, who's who's already there to join him, and I'm thinking like, okay, this may work. This may be a nice pairing. You got Baker Mayfield, strong arm quarterback, young, and can deliver the ball to weapons such as Jarvis Landry, OBJ. This guy's the limit. I don't know what the heck went on, but it just for seen. It just seems like from day one, their chemistry was not on point. Um, I can't even pinpoint. And then you have OBJ going down with the injury last year, the season ended injury, which definitely complicates things, which 
comes to find out, Baker actually, and looking at the numbers, Baker actually played better without OBJ. And that's even going into looking at numbers from this year. Definitely, you can clearly see the difference. So, now, OBJ's father decided to put out a little video um, showing that, like, all the times that his son, I'm sorry, um, OBJ Sr. Uh, put out a video um putting um um state and showing highlights of a place where his son um Odell Beckham Jr. was open and where Baker missed him. And true, yeah, he definitely missed him, but it's the optics of it, man. No way that I would allow my parents if I had a job like if I was in if I was in the pro, there's no way I would allow my parents or anybody close to uh, in my camp to put out a video kind of showing up the quarterback. I don't care what's going on because at the end of the day it's the optics of it. I mean, of course, I mean, yeah. And everybody knows that, anybody with a brain knows that this is not going to be approved unless the son, Odell Beckham Jr., approves it. And so the video comes out. And, yeah, true, like I said, yeah, there there are a lot of plays where, yeah, um, Baker missed OBJ. And I've even seen it in some actual games. I mean, I was looking at some games with um, against the Cardinals um, a few weeks ago, as well as the Broncos on Thursday night uh, football earlier, early in October. And yeah, Baker did miss o- um, Odell on some plays. But the thing is, though, you don't do that. And so honestly, at that point, um, like I said, the marriage wasn't working. And honestly, it was just best to part ways. And so the Browns, they released um, Odell Beckham Jr. last week. Um, basically, head coach Kevin Stefanski, even before the release, he even stated, stated to his players that, hey, Odell, just look at it as though he's not even on the team right um, anymore. So that right there just showed that he was he was going to get released. It was just a matter of time and how they were going to work out the paperwork. And so, I mean, honestly, like I said, I mean, the team looked I mean, like I said, I mean, like I said, I thought it was a great matchup. Oh, and one thing that I also thought about is that Odell Beckham, I mean, he kind of thrives in the big city, in the big moments. I mean, you saw what he did in New York. And of course, he had like the one-handed catch that kind of put him on the map against Dallas back in 2014. But I mean, I mean, he, he, he likes the bright lights. And honestly, I mean, going to Cleveland, I mean, like, like Joe Kim Noah says, I don't see anybody saying I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. I mean, it's Cleveland. So take it, take, take it as for what it is. But like I say, I mean, honestly, yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it would be a good match on the field, but it is what it is. But um, in terms of um, the uh, like terms, like the numbers, I mean, if a team and matter of fact, he just he passed through waivers, I believe, yesterday. So now he is officially a free agent. And so um, and the thing about it is that if, if a team were to claim him before he uh, before uh before the deadline, I mean, they, they would have been on the hook for the seven, $7.25 million remaining on his contract. But since that happened, I mean, he's, he's all essentially, he's essentially a free, he's a free agent right now. So right now he is in the middle of right now choosing what team that he would like to go to. Um, I know like some of the teams that were interested are Seattle, San Francisco, New England, the Saints, the Raiders, the Packers, and the Ravens. Um, Honestly, I mean, the team that I feel that he should maybe go to is Baltimore, Green Bay. Uh, I know that there's a need in um, in Vegas with the Raiders uh, due to the Henry Ruggs situation, which we'll, uh, we'll touch on that a little later on. 
the Saints, only thing, and the Saints, I, I, I'm not really too sure about the Saints because the fact that the QB system, the QB situation is not what it was. I mean, true. I mean, of course, Drew, Drew Brees is gone, and James Winston was, um, quote-unquote, the heir apparent. Um, however, he tore up his knees, so he's out. And so right now the Saints uh, quarterback situation is kind of in a flux right now. So I think, yeah, I, I really don't think the Saints situation is an ideal situation, especially if he wants to compete for a championship. Um, like I said, I mean, Seattle. But like I said, I mean, the three teams, honestly, I feel is Green Bay, the Ravens, and the Raiders, I think will, will be absolute, will be the best choices for OBJ. Uh I'm also here in Kansas City as well. It's kind of throwing, kind of, kind of snooping around there as well. So, I mean, I think that would also be a very, a very good fit. OBJ with Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. When when he gets back, Carlos, um, hot, um, Carlos Hilaire, When he gets back, so I mean, that's just adding on more weapons. True, their defense is trash, but I mean, hope. I mean. That's one thing Kansas City hasn't had in a while was a solid second receiver alongside Travis Kelsey. Um, like I said, Green Bay. I mean, you got a Rod, you got Devontae Adams, and, and I know, like I know, some people are thinking that, hey, look, with Green Bay, I mean, we really don't know the future of Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, in a, essentially, I mean, you could say that about Devontae Adams because he'll be a free agent after this year, as well as OBJ. So, I mean, honestly, I think I think Green Bay will honestly. Along with Green Bay, Kansas City, so those to me would be like the top two, because you're getting legitimate size. And so yeah, so getting so getting him a quarterback that can get him a rock would definitely make him happy, and plus it gives him a chance to go further um, in the playoffs somewhere that he has not been. And so um, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what's going to happen with that. I mean, we should hear some news coming down, hopefully by either today or tomorrow. And so moving on. Um, Wanted to get onto this Aaron Rodgers situation um, in Green Bay. And so, as many of you know, Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID and ended up having to miss the Kansas City game, which, I mean, that was a huge game, especially for ratings wise. I mean, I mean, are we really going to get a, we may or may not get a Patrick, another Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers matchup. And so, this was, I mean, this was big for Fox. And for the viewing public, and also shoot for fantasy football people. Um, I mean, you got like two of like the best quarterbacks in the game. You definitely know that there's going to be a shootout. Both teams have suspect defenses. Honestly, I mean, I think, and I'll talk about I'll talk about the game um, in a little while. But honestly, I mean, I, I was I think Aaron would have definitely shredded that defense in Kansas City. But um, yeah, so Aaron Rodgers, like I said, he tested uh, positive for COVID, which leads to um, the situation where Aaron back Matter back on August 26th. I mean, of course, I know because that's my birthday. Um, Aaron uh, said when the question was asked to him, "Hey, Aaron, have you got um, have you been vaccinated?" Aaron's like, "No." I, Aaron said he switched the words a little. He said, "Oh, I, oh, I'm immunized." So that kind of gave off the vibe as though, "All right, this man's this man is vaccinated." So I mean, we really didn't catch too much blowback after that. But um, like I said, once the once word came out that I mean, unfortunately, Aaron wasn't um, wasn't vaccinated, then all hell broke loose. Um, one of the things that I mean is definitely damning is that I mean, only thing he had to do was just say, "Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, no, I'm not uh, vaccinated." 
um, it's a personal choice of mine or whatever, whatever he had uh, wanted to say. He could have just said it, said that, gotten through it because, I mean, you also, uh, I mean, you've seen other quarterbacks such as Carson Wentz. Um, Kirk Cousins have stated that, yeah, I, it's a personal choice. I'm not vaccinated. And, and they've been following proper, proper uh, protocols. I mean, you've seen during their press conferences, Carson Wentz has always uh, worn a mask. When you see him on the sideline, he's wore a mask, same for Kirk, uh, for Kirk Cousins. They both have been kind of abiding by the CCC guidelines and pretty much have tried to do their part uh, from spreading. Unfortunately, Aaron, and mind you, and this is like that me, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. He's arguably my favorite quarterback in, in the league. In a sense, he kind of plays the victim. He kind of shifts blame to everybody else. Um, kind of playing, like I say, he tried to play the victim as though it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, um, everybody's coming down on me. Uh, and before I get canceled, bro, no, no one's gonna cancel you, man. I've never, I mean, I know how, how I mean, I know how everybody is in, in society, but I mean, really, I mean, dude, you're not gonna get canceled because I mean, the fact of the matter, you're you're a starting NFL quarterback, you're a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, bro. You're not gonna get, um, you're not gonna get um, canceled. I mean, honestly, I, I've never, I haven't heard anybody officially get quote canceled. I mean, yes, yeah, stop it, stop it, stop it. So, um, and like I said, it, he, and the thing is, though, I me, mean, he tried and. And what's crazy though, I mean, he tried and um, he tried to uh, use an alternative um, version of the vaccination, and of course, the league said and says no. And what's crazy is that, and he he tried to quote uh, MLK, and I, I had the quote right in front of me. He stated, Aaron says that you have a moral obligation to object to unjust rules and rules that made that made that made no sense. The actual quote goes as as stated, one has only a legal but a moral responsibility to obey just laws. Conversely, one has a moral responsibility to disobey unjust laws. I mean, if you're going to say it, I mean, say, say it right. Because, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, and like I said, I mean, mind you, like I said, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. Uh, like I said, like to me, our, uh, the best quarter to me, the best quarterback in the league. But the thing is, though, Aaron has to act. He acts like he's the smartest guy in the room. He thinks that he can just kind of use, like I say, his charm, his his vocab, his his vocabulary, and it just the just the way that he carries himself. He can he can use that to kind of get his way, and unfortunately, it kind of burned him in the end. And so my thing is, though, and I think what it was that Aaron was just trying to hopefully, I mean, let I me mean, just get through this season without catching COVID. But the thing is, though, I mean, he wasn't doing pro- he wasn't doing the proper things. I mean, like I said, you've seen him on the sideline. He didn't have a mask on. Um, I mean, like I said, when press conferences, I mean, he could have. I mean, he wasn't wearing a mask. And I'm pretty sure within like like just kind of going down the halls and in in the Packers. um headquarters i mean he probably wasn't wearing a mask and yeah i mean and honestly i mean at the end of the the day both the packers and the chiefs got lucky that nobody that it wasn't a full outbreak because i mean as everybody knows that 
once the um, like this year, like, hey, if there's any games canceled and cannot be made up, I mean, it's going to be a forfeit, and nobody plays. No, nobody's nobody's getting paid. So I mean, like I said, the Packers, the Chiefs, and actually the NFL got lucky on this situation. So overall, I mean, Aaron. <laughs> oh, and I'll, and before I before I finish finish off this. He goes on to the Pat, Pat Mac, uh, McAfee show and states that he's been taking advice on how to kind of get through COVID from comedian Joe Rogan. Really? Joe Rogan? Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on now. I mean, that right there, That's if that isn't a slap in the face of, of Joe Public, I don't know what it is. This light dude really, really... <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. So eventually, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, the Packers lost. They had a six-game winning streak, and that was snapped. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers was fined $14,000. I mean, which, honestly, I'm pretty sure that what for, like, Joe, um, for, like, the average person, that's, like, about that's like about $20, $25 to the average person. But not, I mean, but... And the thing is, though, there was no suspension. I mean, honestly, I mean, I really felt that there there should have been a uh, there should have been a, uh, a suspension because the fact that it matter it's not that the fact it's it's not the fact that he got COVID. It's the fact that I mean, one, he lied and definitely could have put a lot of people in danger. And I mean, unfortunately, I mean, I like that. My thing is, though, I mean, he I guess he thought that hey, look, let me just try to get through this. Let me try to get through this without catching COVID, and hopefully by next season, I mean things, uh, the restrictions will be uh, will be lifted, and everything will be kind of innocent on its way back to normal. However, this dude decides to also decides to go to a Halloween party, where it's like, and it's an indoor Halloween party, no, not wearing a mask, and it's like I said, it just caused a whole crap show in a sense, and so like I said, so right there, hey. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, um, he's he's expected to return uh, this coming week against Seattle, so we'll see what happens with that. And so, but yeah, it, it's a mess. It's a real mess. Um, moving on to things that are a mess. Henry freaking Ruggs, the second year wide receiver from the Raiders. <laughs> this has to be one of the most dumbest things that you could do. All right, last week he. Got drunk, decides to get into a car in Vegas, and hit 156. Not on, not on the freeway, but on a service street. And mind you, I mean, and I'm not saying I me mean, driving 156 on the freeway is good. I mean, that's honestly ludicrous. But you drive 156 in the wee hours of the uh, wee hours of the morning. You you have another passenger in the car. You hit a young um, a young lady in her car, which detonates the car, putting the cars into flames. The young lady and her dog. She burns up in the car trying to get out. And the video, of course, I mean I've seen the video. I'm pretty sure a lot of you all have seen the video. It's come out with him just. On the sidewalk, just trying, just looking, and him and um, but um, the female uh, companion with them trying to console him and everything like that, while this, this poor young woman is burned to a crisp in there. Come on now, come on. And 
when they when when they took Henry Ruggs um, blood alcohol level, it read 0.161. That's more than twice the of the legal limit. So right now, the probation uh, probation is not an option in in Vegas. I'm sorry, in in Nevada. At this time, I mean, he is he is facing four uh, four felony charges that could put him behind bars for 52 years. The felonies are um, the felonies are a felony of a DUI, one for a death of a woman, one for a substantial bodily injury of a passenger, each and another one for reckless driving. Each one of those carries a possible prison sentence of two to 20 years of prison, plus two of those counts of felony rec- reckless driving. And, and those are one to six years in prison. Ruggs is also facing a misdemeanor after a gun was found in his car. I'm like, dude. I'm like, how silly can you be? And mind you, I mean, we've all made mistakes when we were young. I've, I've damn sure made my share of mistakes. But at the end of the day, some of those mistakes you just can't make. Because you're involving lies. You are involving lies in this situation. And at the end of the day, and and mind you, like one of the sports groups that I'm in on social media, I was telling somebody and because one of my boys was telling me, hey, look, we need to kind of be positive and things like that. And I said, I totally understand that. But nuts to that, I'm like, dude, at the end of the day, like I said, these are mistakes you can't make because a life was lost. That young woman is not coming back. That is somebody's child. That is somebody's, possibly somebody's auntie, somebody's, um, possibly somebody's mother, somebody's, and that's somebody's grandchild. They're not, they're not coming back. I mean, we all have one shot at this thing called life. And for that to be, for her life to be taken away over some foolishness because you decided to joyride while going 156 miles per hour going twice and twice the legal limit for um for your blood alcohol level i mean that's beyond i don't know i mean i I can't even fathom the fact that i mean getting into a car and hitting 156 i mean dude i barely do about 80 on, on the freeway now what makes you think i'm gonna get into my car Going 156, and mind you, when you're intoxicated, your reaction time is a lot slower than what you would have been when you were slower. I mean, when you were, um, when you, I'm sorry, when you were sober. So, what makes you think that he was gonna have enough time to think, oh shoot, a car's coming? Oh, there's a car. Let me hit the brakes. He's his he's slow, and then like I said, mind you, he was he was at 126 on impact. My gosh. And so the Raiders released him. I mean, it's not looking good for him. But honestly, at this point, man, if you're willing to do something that stupid by getting in the car and going and driving those that dangerous amount of speed, I mean, you deserve what's coming to you. And honestly, at that point, I mean, and I, and 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 that's another thing I had to tell my boy is that man, we have children. We both have daughters. Just imagine if. That was our daughters that was involved in that, and their lives were sadly taken away in that manner. We're not trying to talk positive. I'm trying to throw these hands. I'm trying to I'm trying to get in that jail so to get at you. Or if you're out on bail, I'm trying to get at you. I'm trying to find you. 
Because at the end of the day, my baby girl is not coming back. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I, I've seen some stupid stuff in my day. But this is one of the dumbest things that you can do. And like I said, unfortunately, this young woman, she, um, she's the victim and she's not coming back. So um, with that being said, hey, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. All right, everybody, let's recap this past week's uh, action in the NFL. Starting on on Thursday, we got the Colts and the Jets. Uh, Indianapolis um, pulls off, pulls it off 45 to 30. I mean, pretty much Indianapolis, they dominated this game from from start. I mean, the Jets kind of got a couple scores in there to kind of make it respectable. But honestly, um, Indianapolis with uh, with Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz. And Maverick, hats off to Carson Wentz for bouncing back off. Um, that foolery that took place against the Titans because, yeah, that's uh, the last the, – the, those two picks that he threw at the end of regulation and in overtime is something that not a lot of people can come back from. But he did. He put it behind him and balled out. Now, hats off to him. Um, going on – moving on to Sunday, I mean, you saw the Browns pretty much dog walk the Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati um, – was um had been the hottest by like one of the more um probably like the hottest team in the NFL over the past uh over the past few weeks. However, now that they've lost two in a row, they moved to the bottom of the um the NFC the AFC North. Moving on down to Big D, Dallas, Texas, and probably probably the shocker of the day, the Denver Broncos behind Teddy Bridgewater smacked the Cowboys. Mind you, ladies and gentlemen, this was at one point thirty to nothing. In Dallas, before that got a couple of cheap TDs at the end, um, but overall, uh, Denver dominated uh, this game. Um, this game pretty much was over from the start. Um, pretty much, Denver jumped out, um, jumped out ahead um, about fourteen to nothing before pretty much anybody can get settled, and they pretty much just coasted. I mean, that defense was dominant. Um, Dak didn't really have many places to go. Uh, there's a he threw a lot of off um, errant passes, and it just seems like they just uh, Denver's defense just simply just frustrated Dallas. Um, it just seems like, I mean, matter of fact, over the past maybe decade plus, I mean, Dallas has had trouble beating the Broncos. Um, I know like the last time they played was in 2017, and Denver smoked uh, Dallas in Mile High. That's that. That's the Trevor Simeon Denver Broncos, and so and mind you, this is um, this is Denver who just days earlier traded Von. They're arguably they're the greatest defensive player who ever played for the Broncos. Uh, Super uh, Super Bowl MVP, former Super Bowl MVP Von Miller to the Rams, and so yeah, Dallas uh, uh, definitely a shocking loss. That was I believe that was six straight for them. And so, I mean, they're still they're still ahead in the NFCs, and we'll talk about the standings in a minute. Um, moving down to Miami, um, the Dolphins won without Tua. They beat the Texans seventeen to nine. I don't want even want to say that this is a shocker, but the Falcons won in New Orleans. Um, this is uh, coming. This is coming after uh, James Winston tearing his ACL last week against the Bucks. Um, but Atlanta, um, they had a big lead, and of course, in Atlanta. Good old Atlanta Falcon fashion. They blew that lead, but uh, Matt Ryan put the team on his back. Him and Cordero Patterson kind of led the way for the game, uh, clinching field goal. Um, moving up um, to the Jersey Turnpike, the um, the um, 
the New York Giants, um, they beat the Raiders. Um, this was a shock. This was kind of one of those shockers uh, that I was talking about. Um, I was definitely surprised that the Giants were actually was able to put in four four quarters of actually pretty decent football. Um, Xavier McKinney was arguably the best um, the player of the game. Uh, two clutch interceptions. Uh, Daniel Jones, eh, mediocre at best. Devontae Booker had a nice game. Uh, Derek Carr, I was de- like I said, I'm definitely surprised that the Raiders did not pull this one out. Um, the Raiders had been playing very well since the release of John Gruden. And they they beat the Eagles last week pretty convincingly, but honestly, I mean, eventually, I mean, it was going to catch up with them eventually. But I mean, they're five and three. They're still they're still pretty good. They're hanging in there. Um, moving down to Charlotte, um, the Patriots pretty much took the Panthers um, took the Panthers out with the quickness on that one, twenty four to six. Um, arguably another shocker of the day. The breakout the Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars defeated the Buffalo Bills. Mind you, Buffalo before this game, Buffalo was um five and two and in cruise control in the AFC East. However, they went down to sunny Florida and Jacksonville took them apart. I'm de- I was definitely shocked about that. Um the other uh Josh Allen, not the quarterback Josh Allen, but the uh defense but um, but the defensive end, Josh Allen, had a game. And so Jacksonville, behind Urban Meyer, moves to two and six. Moving down um, back to the East Coast, we're moving to Baltimore and arguably probably the game of the day. Uh, the Ravens and the Vikings went um, had a shootout um, that went to overtime with the Ravens pulling it out 34-31. Lamar Jackson once again putting on a stellar performance. Um 20, uh, 27 out of 41, 266, three TDs. He did have two interceptions, um, but overall he made. But he also ran for 120 rushing yards, and yeah, spark uh, sparking the comeback. So yeah, Baltimore with a very imp- um, impressive comeback. Um, and now into the late games, um, moving up to the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Um, the Eagles with um, with Jalen Hurts taking on Justin Herbert. Ah, my Eagles, my beloved Eagles. We took another L. I guess the flowers weren't blooming this week. Um, 27 to 24. Um, one thing I would definitely say is that, I mean, I was definitely impressed on Jalen Hurts. Um, it's pretty much, in a sense, this, um, this season has been pretty much like a mixed bag for Jalen. Uh, I mean, he'd have his moments where he's, he's throwing the ball very well. However, he'll have those moments where he's underthrowing or overshooting or just misreading and maybe taking one read and go instead of not using, um, going towards his progression, which, I mean, you kind of expect for a young quarterback at his age. But, however, it's like, man, you really need to you really utilize your wide receivers um, so you can kind of get the most out of them. Devontae Smith had a very had a very solid game. Um, arguably, this is probably his best uh, performance this season. And so, however, uh, Justin Herbert um, definitely put on put on a show. Thirty-two out of thirty-eight for three fifty-six and two touchdowns with a hundred and twenty-three quarterback rating. That is phenomenal. Keenan Allen kind of, in a sense, kind of resurrect himself from the grave because he's been pretty much invisible over the past several weeks. He had twelve catches for hundred and four. And so the Chargers um, pull off a big victory in Philadelphia. 
Um, they they kind of stay in contention for the AFC West while the Eagles kind of slip um, to well, um, to second place in the well they've been second place in the in the division but still yeah um, they're three and six and so not def- definitely. There's some, like I said, there's some encouraging things. However, there's some things that definitely needs to be worked on in Philly. Um, moving um, to the to the heartland in Kansas City, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs um, pulling out um, a, a very low scoring game against the undermanned Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers, thirteen to seven. Um, for the most part, I mean, this was a pretty boring game. I mean, Jordan Love came in, he did he did some things well, but overall. Couldn't do, can do nearly enough to, in order to pull this game out. He did get a garbage TD at the end. However, um, there was definitely some missed throws and some misconnections. But, I mean, what do you expect? This is like his first live game action. Moving on to the West Coast where those Arizona Cardinals without Ky- uh, Kyler Murray, without De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins, without J.J. Watt, Go into San Francisco and pull off a um, pull off a victory over the San Francisco 49ers, and also mind you, they didn't have AJ Green as well, who probably ended up retiring after that after that debacle last week. But yeah, they went in and dominated the 49ers from jump. Um, shout out to uh, Colt McCoy who balled out. Um, James Conner was uh, um, was run was running wild, and just overall, I mean, hey, Arizona's showing, hey, look, we're not just a one- or two-man team. Hey, we actually have a legit team here. And so Arizona moves to 8-1. and one. Um, Moving on to the Sunday night game, um, in, a, in a shocker, in a, another shocker, the Tennessee Titans overall just dominated the, the L.A. Rams to the tune of 28-16. to 16. Um, Overall, Tennessee's defense was balling. Kevin Byer with a, uh, with a pick six. Um, they completely shut down the Rams' offense. This is, I believe, this is the first time since Sean McVay has been over the Rams that they've been shut out in the first half. And yeah, Tennessee just thoroughly dominated them, pulling out with five sacks. And yeah, they just they just kind of since kind of threw them for on the Rams for a loop. Um, the Rams, who like I said earlier, picked up Von Miller. Um, he didn't dress this game, but I'm pretty sure he's going to dress next week. And so the Rams uh, moved to seven and the move down to seven and two, which brings us to a Monday night where the Chicago Bears went into Pittsburgh to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. Overall, I mean, the scene, the game started off as though Pittsburgh was it was going to be a runaway and Pittsburgh would dominate it. And however, the Bears with uh, young Justin Fields came in and um, used his arm and his leg to get them back into the game and actually had a chance and actually took the lead. Um with very little time left, with about over like a minute and a half, uh, oh no, with about two, about, about over by like a minute and a half left, and of course Big Ben drives him down court for the game-winning field goal to help to help uh, Pittsburgh pull it out. So the Steelers with another um, with another win, and so which brings us to the current NFL standings. Whereas going by position. Um, Division by division, we have Buffalo right now leading the AFC um, East with five and two, followed up by those pesky Patriots who are five and four, and of course you have the Dolphins and the Jets kind of rounding out at the bottom. Moving on to the AFC North, you have Baltimore who is six and two, uh, leading the division, 
And then you have the Steelers who are coming on, who are coming on. They won four in a row. They're five and three, followed up by two other five win teams, which are the Browns and the Bengals. Moving down to the AFC South, uh, you have the Tennessee Titans firmly ahead of the AFC South without Derrick Henry. Um, they're talking about him possibly maybe be able to um, come back for the playoffs, but however, we just don't know about that. So they've won five in a row. They lead the AFC South. And now that you have, now, I mean, basically followed by the Indianapolis Colts, who are four and five, as well as Jacksonville and Houston. Now moving on along to the AFC West, where you have, um, where it's a very tight race. Um, you have the Chargers and the Raiders, who are both five and three, followed up by the Broncos and the, and I'm sorry, the Chiefs and the Broncos, who are both five and four. And so, yeah, this is arguably the best, the best division in football right now, because them that division as well as the AFC North, because every team is well above 500. And so moving on to the conference standings as it shapes out as Tennessee, they do have the best record in the AFC, followed by Baltimore. And as you guys remember, only one team gets the bye. So right now, if the playoffs start today, Tennessee would get that bye. And so Baltimore um, would be the number two seed, followed up by the Chargers, the Bills, the Raiders and um, and the Steelers. And the Patriots, because the Patriots, as like I said, there's a set, there's a seven team now. It said the six of the Patriots would get in. And moving on to the NFC, uh, the NFC uh, divisions. Uh, right now, the AFC, uh, the NFC East is controlled by Dallas, who is six and two, <laughs> followed by the Eagles, who are three, by the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins in that order, who are all three and six. Um. Moving on to the NFC North, you have that's thoroughly dominated by the Packers. Uh, right now, they are seven and two, um, followed up by the Vikings, Bears, who are both well. The Vikings are three and five. The Bears are three and six, followed up by the winless zero and eight Detroit Lions. My gosh, I guess those uh, breaking legs and that all that fiery peps talked by Dan Campbell is it doing too much? Um, Taking it down to the NFC South, you have the Buccaneers, who are five or six and two, followed up surprisingly by the New Orleans Saints, who are five and three. It just for some apparent reason, it's just like in the regular season when the Saints played Brady over the last few seasons, they've had his number. But anywho, um, Tampa has a um, is six and two, followed by the five and three Saints. Atlanta is five and four. And what has happened to Carolina? They started off so strong this season. They started off winning their first three. Now all of a sudden they've they severely have dropped the ball on this one. And so they're so right now they're four and five. And moving on moving on to the West. The Cardinals are eight and one, followed by the Rams, who are seven and two. And then with that, unfortunately, you have Two former proud rivals, the Seahawks and the 49ers, who are both three and five. And so with that being said, let's move all that on to the um, the NFC conference. So right now, Arizona is the number one seed. Green Bay is number two, followed by the Rams, who are seven and two. The Bucks are six, six and two, followed by Dallas. And so. And then finally, the final uh, playoff spot will go to Atlanta, who was four and four. So look at Matty Ice trying to 
get one more playoff run in in on them. So that's it for the NFC. So with that being said, hey, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, you guys, I want to get on to this last topic. Huh, we're we're back on this. We're back on this again. Um, this if, For those who listened to my last podcast, um, it was about Scottie Pippen. <laughs> and so we're going to finish off today once again with Scottie Pippen. Um, he had a book that was released um, um, yesterday. Um, it's called Unguarded. Um, basically, Scotty um, is kind of going around. He's having his, um, his, his tour and everything like that. And so Scotty's kind of throwing out some, some more jabs at Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Isaiah Thomas, and a few others. Um, he went at John Paxson a little bit. But majority of it, it was slander. It was sent at MJ. And so uh, I'm going to just kind of here's kind of like kind of like some of like kind of what he says. He said, Scotty says that um, I quote unquote, I felt like the documentary only told a story that sort of glorified him as a player and not glorified us as a team. Okay, let me just get to that real fast. So for one, it's not like it only glorified him as a player. I mean, you think about it. They touched on another uh, a all of pretty much of all of the negative things that have also came out about MJ in the documentary. I mean, they talked about um, him, his struggles early, early on to get on to um, winning the playoffs on how he had to kind of carry that squad. Um, it remember it was like quote unquote Jordan and the Jordanaires. And like I said, I mean, he couldn't, he was quote unquote, like of like what the Bron fans said, he was one in nine in the playoffs before Pippen came. Okay. Um, they talked about um, they talked about the missed free throws in Cleveland against Cleveland '89, um, where he could have wrapped up the series, but he missed a free throw. They talked about his struggles um, with the Pistons. Um, they talked about um, um, the Republicans uh, Republicans uh, buy shoe situation, where where he said that. They talked about the gambling with Slim Boulder um, in the summer of '91. They talked about. Um, what else they talk? Man, they they get on a lot of those topics. They 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 talk about um, the Atlantic City journey in in ninety three, and during the ninety three playoff, they talk about um, uh, the baseball situation, um, and how and how he didn't um, how he was basically mediocre in baseball, which is fine. They talked about that. They talked about um, they got into how he struggled against Orlando when he came back in '95. How Nick Anderson stole the ball and how he couldn't deliver in Game Six of the playoffs. So it's not like I say. I mean, yeah, you say that it glorified him, but they also touched on the important topics of Michael Jordan. They talked about um, about cultural. On they talked about. Um, the situations where, uh, like I said, about like the Nike, the Nike situation where, with um, like the like with the factories and everything like that, and how um, they were talking about the cheap labor and everything like the situation with that, and basically, yeah, they hit on all the topics that were controversial about this man, but yet they say it's a fluff piece, a fluff piece, and they glorified him. No, it's not. It's not the fact that they 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 didn't go. They hit all the the major topics. So I really don't know where they get that. I mean, for what? What did they want to talk about? How he was stepping out on Juanita? I don't. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But 
Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of Scotty, and I'm seeing a lot of people who are saying that as well. I'm like, dude, they're not. They're, they've hit all the major topics. So, I mean, if you want to complain, yeah, you're just going to um, complain. And matter of fact, they glorified them as a team also because like they they hit on certain players they talked about your background how you rose from poverty how you um uh, overcame overcame your situation me losing your father your brother being uh, paralyzed how you over how you um how you um took a scholarship and well, from being a, um, an equipment manager you overcame that and became an an, an all-american you and on how you you dominated in those pre-draft workouts and to becoming an all-star, a dream teamer, um, and, and things like that. They highlighted all that. They talked about Dennis. They talked about Steve Kerr. I mean, come on. It's like, for real, like, like Scotty, for real, like, you have to get out your feelings. Um, another thing uh, that Scotty says, um, that Michael was um, – that Michael was determined to, quote unquote, this is from Scotty. Michael Jordan was determined to prove to the current generation of fans that he was no longer that he was uh, larger than life during his day and still is larger than LeBron James, the player many considered to be his equal, if not superior. So Michael Jordan, um, so <laughs> so Michael Jordan presented his story of the uh, and not the story of the Last Dance. That's according to Pippen. So with that being said, I mean for one. I mean, I really don't think Michael Jordan is really caring about what Joe Public has to say about or thinking LeBron James, because most of the people who are coming are like the Skip Baylesses and 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 things like this. And the people who are novice, you ask anybody who played the game, actual who or, or, or actual NBA players who played the game, they will come out and say, you know, what, MJ was a bad dude. He was a bad dude. And honestly, yeah, I really don't think, yeah, I mean, I really don't think MJ is really worried about LeBron James, too. Yeah, like, a lot of people are there getting on it because they, quote, unquote, said that, hey, after the Cavs had a seller, uh, had their uh, parade, they feel as though that's when MJ said, um, cool, let it out. But honestly, from what, from what I heard, it was actually before that. But, hey, it's neither here nor there. And so, um, so, yeah. So, like I said, I really don't think MJ is losing a bit of sleep over LeBron James because at the end of the day, Mike Mike has made his money. Mike is still making money. And so at this point, Mike is just chilling right now. And one thing that I saw was that Scotty said that MJ, he said MJ was a was a he was a great scorer. But a lot of things he did was based on, quote, him as an individual. And I think the basketball and and, and I think basketball is a team game. So when Scotty said that, and that's like, okay, so basically Scotty's trying to say that, hey, look, basically MJ was basically nothing but just a scorer and a, and a, and a, and a, and just, it was just shoot, just shooting the ball all the dog on time. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just look at their career numbers real quick. Michael Jordan, true, he did average more points than Scotty Pippen, 30, 30.1 to 16.1. True, Scotty out rebounded Jordan, but I mean that's of course because the and it's very it is by a very slim margin for their career. MJ averaged six point two rebounds, where Scotty averaged only six point four assists. 
this is where everybody kind of gets on MJ, but they 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 load they 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 credit Scottie Pippen career wise. Scotty uh, Michael Jordan averaged five point three assists for his career. Scotty Pippen only Scotty Pippen averaged five point two steals per game. Something people they say, oh Scotty Pippen, the great defender. Um, he's he's a better defender. I mean, truly, I would say Scotty has definitely has the wingspan and the long arms. Probably a little bit different than Jordan. Um, and and like I said, of course, Scotty's a little bit longer. Um, but steals per game. Michael Jordan averaged 2.3 steals. Scotty averaged two on uh, just uh, just two steals on the butt. Blocks both averaged zero point, uh, basically zero point eight per game. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what what do you say? What do you say to this? What what I mean? What do you say? And mind you, and also wait a minute, I'm also forgot percentage wise, shooting percentage. Field goal percentage, Michael Jordan for his career was a 49.7% shooter. Scottie Pippen was a 47.3% uh, shooter. Three-point percent shooter, MJ was a career 32.7%. Scottie Pippen was a 32.6%. Vanished Michael in both categories. Free throw shooting, okay, this is easy. Michael was an 83% while Scottie was a fringe 70% free throw shooter. Like I said... Like I said, those like I said, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. So I mean, like I said, I mean to say that MJ was just a scorer, I mean that's just totally just dropping a major lead deuce on Michael and what and what he was able to do on the basketball court. So um, another one of the things that I'm pretty sure is that Scotty is still harboring some anger over his money, and which I mean I I totally understand. Um, Scotty for including and Scotty including Michael were both underpaid during their time in the NBA. Um, they both were not paid up to the market value that they should have been paid. Um, however, and mind you, and I'm sorry, real quick going back to the contract, Scotty was upset because I remember going into their first championship year in the 1990-91 season. Scotty had already made his first All Star appearance. And felt that he should be making more money. He went to Jerry Krause, Jerry Ryan store, talked about redoing his deal and his deal. Scotty, um, they kind of kept playing, they kept kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off throughout the season. Scotty would be would be frustrated. I guess that's one of the good things that um, I ended up reading, going back and rereading the Jordan Rules book, is that I remembered a, a lot of that stuff was refreshed in my memory about uh, some of the things that went on during that season. So, Scotty, um, they kept Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf would push Scotty's contract and try to end because they wanted to try to get Tony Kukoc, who was still over in Europe. So, and that's kind of where the resentment between Scotty and Tony came in, which I'll address a little later on. So, um, eventually, after they won their first title going into the 91-92 season, they finally offered Scotty a contract. However, both Krause Reinsdorf Jordan and a few others told him, and even his agent told him, do not sign this contract because Scotty, I believe I remember correctly, I believe it's for a six-year deal, I think worth like 25, like 20, 25 million. I can't really remember. Everybody told him, do not sign that contract because for one, it's going to be, um, one, it's gonna, it's pretty much not gonna be worth the piece of uh, the piece of paper that's written on in in pretty soon 
which I mean, they were correct because the NFL NBA started to get like more TV deals. The revenue start to boost. And then therefore you start to see bigger contracts such as the $84 million contract that Larry Johnson signed two years, uh, matter of fact, a year and a half later after Scotty signed his deal. So that's kind of where the situation kind of came up at. And mind you, Jerry Krause and Jerry, I mean, I'm sorry, Jerry Reinsdorf has been notorious for being cheap with his players. Think about it. Michael Jordan should have been making at least, like I said, I mean, at least over, at least over like 10 to 15 at that. And I'm talking about at that time, he should at least be getting at least about $10 million at least. But I mean, but of course, I mean, at that time, like contract, they weren't as bloated as they are, uh, that as they, they would become in the future. But like I said, I mean, that contract immediately went out the door and Scotty's contract looked piss poor. And so going back to Jordan's contract, like I said, I mean, if they're, if, Kraus and Reinsdorf are not going to redo the best player in the league's contract. What makes you think that they're going to do yours? And so it's like, that's what, that's kind of what I don't get. I mean, and I honestly, Michael, and from, like I said, from what I read, once again, going back into the Jordan rule book, I mean, Jordan really didn't really trip off asking for more money. I mean, he was more of like, I mean, one, Michael's getting, uh, he was getting paid off the court with his deal with Nike, Hanes, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, whatever, hot dogs and things like that. He was getting paid. So Michael was like, all right, you know what? Hey, that's cool. I'm not really going to trip off it. So mind you, Michael Jordan's biggest contract, and I'm sorry, uh, career earnings. Now you go back and look at it. Michael Jordan made $97 million just off his NBA contract. And think about it, 60, 60 million of that, well, 63, 63 million of that came during his final two years with the Bulls. He signed the first contract that, um, going into the 97 season for $30 million. The second contract he signed in the 97 going on to the 98 season for $33 million. And mind you, I mean, the league was fine with that because of what Jordan had bought to the league from 85 to 98. I mean, definitely took the lead to another level after Magic and Bird departed. So that right there, like I said, he made that he made that money. Now, Scottie Pippen made $107 million. Mind you, majority, I believe 60 million of that came after he was traded from the Bulls to Houston. So the Bulls took care of him. They gave him sixty million walking out the door as he was traded, and so the Bulls, the Bulls, they ended up taking care of him eventually, and even bought him back as an advisor, as, as an advisor, and, and an ambassador. And of course, he began to, uh, um, I guess, I guess I, I really don't know what took place, but he began to attack former teammate John Paxson in the book, who was um, the general manager, uh, who was um, the general general manager at the time, him and Gar Foreman. And so Scotty um, attacks him as well. Um, I really don't know the really the real gist of it. I mean, honestly, I'm not really going to read the book because honestly, I'm, I'm not paying a dime towards Scotty Pippen for this mess because I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he's trying to sell bourbon. He's trying to sell a book. So, I mean, what sells negativity? Bingo. Um, one of the things that came out recently was Scotty was comparing 
the flu game from Michael Jordan from the 1997 NBA Finals, Game 5 against Utah, to his back injury that he suffered during the latter half of the Finals against Utah in 98. And so it's like, Scotty, stop. Just You need to stop. I mean, true, yes, a back is probably one of the more debilitating injuries. And mind you, Scotty got a lot of praise from that. I mean, I mean, the media definitely gave him kudos on playing through a bad back in, a, in arguably the biggest game, one of the biggest games in his career. And true, yeah, he, uh, he did not play. I mean, he was like four for seven for only eight points, but he was a presence out there on the floor. Which I mean, which which kind of he made he made a couple plays here and there, blocked the shot and grabbed some rebounds and hit a couple um, short hooks to kind of keep the Bulls in the game. But however, you're gonna compare what you did in that game to what Michael Jordan did. You were you were you couldn't go, you couldn't do anything. So what Michael do hit for 45. Stole the, kept the Bulls, helped keep the Bulls in the game, scored half of their points, stole the ball from below, hit the game-winning shot, and Scotty. I mean, and mind you, Scotty, and I know you, I know you're not listening to this podcast, but still, Scotty, I do, I did see rewatching it. You're sitting in the corner, like, wait, wait, hey, hey, I can shoot, man, please, Scotty. Michael was not passing you that damn ball because for one, your bat was shot. Two, you weren't good in the clutch. And I'll get into that clutch situation in a moment. There's no way he was passing you that ball. So, like you said in the documentary, just give him that. He wasn't passing the ball. Just get out of his damn way. And that's what he did. So, true, yeah, like I said, and I definitely get Scotty kudos for battling through that back injury. And, like I said, I'm not comparing what he did in 97, what Michael did in 97 to that, because it's two totally different scenarios. But still, I mean, the man hit for 45, basically single-handedly winning that game. While, like I said, you did your part. I give you credit on that. But still, Scotty, let's put it in its proper context. So another thing, you go on you go on a tangent, on, again, on Phil Jackson, calling him a racist for what happened in 1994, about the 1.4 seconds. And... For those who mean, of course, they mean now everybody kind of knows the situation that took place. Mind you, let me give you some context of the matter. Scottie Pippen was not a good player coming down the stretch in the clutch. I mean, every now and then, I mean, he he will make he will he will make a shotter here and there, but for the most part, I he's not been the one where I'm not expecting him to make a buzzer beater shot like. Or anything like that. Um, going into the game, Maverick going into that season, true, yeah, that was Scotty's team. And like I said, Phil there, and, and like I said, and a lot of this goes back to Tony Kukoc, where as part of the contract and Jerry Cross, Jerry on Jerry Cross, um, just gushing over Kukoc and not paying Scotty. So, which I understand why he was mad about that. So going so. Going back to 1994, Kukoc is now in the Bulls uniform. It's Scotty's team. And now, mind you, Tony has hit hit four game winners during that season. He hit one against Milwaukee early in the season while Scotty was out. He hit another one. I believe it was against the Lakers. 
No, 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 no. That was Grant. Uh, he hit another one on Christmas Day against Orlando. He hit another one against Indiana, where Scotty was the inbounder and passed it to him. And I can't remember the fourth. I believe I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if the fourth one was the New York shot. I can't really remember. But anyway, mind you, the Bulls are down 0-2 in um in the series against New York. This is the series without Jordan. They go home. They they go they they burst out to another. And mind you, the first two games of that series, the Bulls had big leads and blew them both. In the fourth quarter of the first two games, Scottie Pippen averaged on twenty percent on on twenty percent shooting from the field. Three points in the fourth quarter, and the Bulls lost. The Knicks outscored the Bulls in, the, in those fourth quarters, twenty-four to sixteen, while outshooting them forty-eight percent to thirty-six percent. Those games were decided by four point. Those those games were decided by um, by four to five points, <laughs> or less. It's like, and so going on, this is the game where the Derek Harper JoJo English brawl. So the Bulls, they once again go into the fourth quarter, leading by twenty. The Knicks come back. The uh, and trust me, Phil and looking and going back and rewatching it, Phil gave Scotty ample opportunities to close that game out, and he blew it with the with with the final shot. Um, Scotty took hit badly off the backboard and barely and almost missed the clock, barely missing the clock. So New York goes down, they tie it with Patrick Ewing hitting, hitting the hook shot. So Phil calls the play for Scotty. And this is where Scotty was wrong. Scotty, on, I uh, believe, on an NBC interview yesterday, said that um, Phil told him to set out. No, 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 no. If you go back and there's like there's a YouTube video of Scotty, uh, of, a, of a TNT talking about it. Scotty was interviewed after the game. He said, yeah, I took myself out. In a sense, in a sense, yeah. He took himself out of the game, so Scotty's lie, and like I say, Scotty's been a walking contra, um, basically been a walking contradicting a person uh, for the longest, and I've said that on numerous occasions. He's contradicted himself so many times, and he's walked back statements with his foot in his mouth, and <laughs> it's just funny how that how that happens. So, anyway, the play for Kukos, Kukos hits, and mind you, I mean. The team celebrates, but Phil is pissed. He goes down to the locker room, explains the situation, walks off. Bill Cartwright is crying in the locker room, saying, "Scotty, you let us down. How could you do this?" And yeah, it was it was a sad situation. And even like I said, I mean, and everybody says, "Oh, why does Jordan have to bring it up, dude? This is part of the dynasty. This is part of this is part of the dynasty." And he had to say from his point of view what he thought, and he's right. Pippen shouldn't have done that. Man, man, what teammate would do that? That was a selfish move. And that pretty much almost landed Scotty into being traded to Seattle during the offseason because of that situation right there. Which, I mean, if that would have happened, Jordan may not have came back to the NBA. And the complete landscape of this thing it will be would be totally different from what it is now. Um, like I said, like I said, the feel, like I said, it feels a lot of things. Phil, Phil is Phil can be a jerk. Phil can be a jackass at times. And like I said, I mean, this is coming from Shaq and Robert Ory, Rick Fox, hell, Kobe. He's, he's even has and him and, and Phil and Kobe has had some 
had some words where, man, it, it's, it's gotten ugly. But none of them have been on record, have said that Phil was a racist or have not showed any type of real, like any racist tendencies. My thing is, though, I mean, Scotty, you got to stop. I mean, like I said, MJ, like I said, M, your issue should not be at MJ, especially since, like I said, the, like I said, Scotty, I, I mean, we, I, you, you say that MJ would not have won all those titles, but what would you have done without MJ? There you go. There you go. And like I said, and there's been plenty of time where Michael has stood up for you on the basketball court where somebody has, in a sense, punked you and you and you kind of backed down where MJ had to step up for you. I mean, dude, 91 against the Pistons where Jordan was pretty much like he was wolfing at the Pistons saying, hey, look, y'all ain't going to punk us no more. 92 about, on matter of fact, game seven when Xavier McDaniel was in your face. Michael moved you out of the way and jumped in his face. It's kind of like the big brother, little brother. It's, and then also, oh, 97, when Alonzo Mourning put that, that knot in your head, and MJ came back and says it's personal, came back and busted the heat up the next game. So, like I said, I mean, it's one of those things where it's the little, sip, the little brother being mad at the big brother for getting a bigger inheritance. I'm, that's, that's the only thing I can kind of equate it to. But... Like I said, and last, like I'm, I'll, and I'm finishing up. And really, the one thing that I, from what what I'm hearing through circuits and and from people talking, is that MJ was definitely hurt, especially with the book tour. And he was especially hurt was the fact that Scotty put it in his book that he felt bad. He was so, and and mind you, and I'm sorry. Oh, one more thing, going back to '94, Scotty said MJ was selfish for leaving. Also, it's funny, like I said, this is where Scotty contradicts himself. He comes back and he said that he was like, he's, he stated um, on the jump one time that he was the happiest person when MJ left because he gave him a, a chance to be the man. However, he put in his book that Michael was selfish for leaving because they had a chance to win, win some more titles. Like I said, do you see the contradiction here? Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, also, like I said, I mean, Scotty put in his book that, hey, he, re- he regrets not giving uh, Michael Jordan um, condolences on his father. Mind you, you had ample opportunities to do so after his father's passing Th- throughout that time. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they talked at some um, during like that time where Michael left for baseball. I'm pretty sure he did. I mean, even times when he came like when Michael came back, uh, when they when they played, when they um, won championships together. And even 20-some years down later, still never did it. And Michael, and and thing is, though, is that from what I'm hearing, that Jordan didn't really know. He didn't really, re- he didn't really realize it, that Scotty did that on purpose, not giving condolences to Michael's father. So honestly, at this point, I think it's done. I think, and you see, Michael will cut somebody off. You saw what he did to Charles Barkley. And him and Barkley were closer than him and Pippen ever were. But yet Michael cut him off. Not saying it's right, but on how why he cut Barkley off, but he cut him off. So mm-hmm. I definitely don't see no 20 year reunion. <laughs> no uh I'm sorry, no um no twenty thirty no thirty year reunions for the championship teams uh coming up. But in a sense, I mean honestly, I think Scotty's hurt. 
Scotty's really hurting. I mean, of course, I mean, he has the situation with his wife um, in future and whatnot. Um, being in the situation where he lost his son, I believe earlier this year. And honestly, I just think Scotty's really hurting. And I was taught in grief counseling that hurt people do hurtful things. And I think this is part of those things that Scotty is attacking. He's lashing out because he's hurting. That's the only way I can really put it is that the man's hurting. So um, that's pretty much it with that. So um, I just want to take, thank um, thank everybody for listening to uh, the 310 podcast. I apologize to everybody that I've been gone, just been kind of handling daddy duties and everything like that. But I will be back to uh, I'm going to be more consistent with dropping more shows. And so with that being said, you can get in contact with me with uh with me at the 310 podcast at gmail.com let me know what you guys think about this nfl season let me know what you guys think about aaron Rodgers, scotty pippen in the book everything so hey like i said hit me up i'll catch you with you later peace